Hello and welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast. I am your host, Luke McLean. This is the show where I interview experts on all things mental health and well-being, from strategies you can learn like mindfulness, deep breathing and cold showers, to people with lived experience like myself who have lived with mental illness and or addiction and open up about their pain to share what has helped and hindered them to provide you with motivation and inspiration to live the best life you can. So let's take the power of our minds back and live a healthier and happier life. For 10 years, Dennis Armfield was an AFL player with the Carlton Football Club. A recipient of the 2015 AFL Jim Steins Community Leadership Award for his work in the community, Odyssey House, Royal Children's Hospital and many more. Since retiring, he's helped start an organisation called Business Fight Club, where he empowers people to be proactive in life, to fight for what matters most to them and to be the best version of themselves. We discussed some personal trauma Dennis experienced, how to be the best version of ourselves in isolation and beyond, and also his motto, live to give. Enjoy. It's a very big welcome to you, Dennis, and I appreciate you joining me on the show, mate. So thanks for taking the time. No, thanks, Luke, mate. It's always a, always a pleasure, mate, to speak to a like-minded man. Yes. Now, I'm, I don't think you're going to remember this, and I made sure that I didn't bring it up pre-interview, but... I have met you before, and um, I must say you were a you were a very very nice man. So I wanted to pay you a compliment straight up. But um, I actually met you at a I think it was a fundraiser um, back when you were playing at Carlton, uh, and I came along with um, I think it was Nick Diagon and Sam Rowe, so a couple of very good men off field. <laughs> um, wow! And yeah, like I, I met you there, and I must say you were. You were you were just super friendly, mate. Came up, had a chat. How are you going? Wanted to know what was going on. This was going back, oh, must have been ten years. Yeah, well, I'm going to say if it's Nick Dygan and Sam Rowe days and it's fundraiser, <laughs> we're talking we're talking well in excess of six anyway. So yeah, um, yeah look, mate, memory's not the best. And I, <laughs> I now feel I feel like you've just thrown this on me. So um, right. now I feel now I feel uh, a little inferior. But um, look. Um, <laughs> Yeah, apologies, but I'm glad I left a, a good impression. That's what I try to do every day. So that's the main thing. You did, mate. And that's where I wanted to start. And that's why I kind of wanted to throw that at you because part of what I've seen within your work and, and particularly around gratitude is that a lot of us tend to naturally focus on a negative or eat, and that's a lot of self negative self-talk as well. Um, so I firstly wanted to say that I absolutely love what you do. You have a tremendous attitude and I absolutely appreciate your drive. So I just wanted to pay that compliment straight up. No, mate, I, um, yeah, look, my, my head won't fit in the screen at the moment, mate, but, um, <laughs> look, I think, um, I think it's exactly what I'm, I'm passionate about. I think we, we do take the little things for granted and, um, I do try to make sure that I give everyone the time of day and be present in the moment to, because ultimately, I'm glad you're starting this podcast with a compliment because it could have gone the complete opposite way. So um, it's it's I'm good that I'm, I'm glad that I live that sort of way, mate. Um, I just think, mate, like like I said, my motto. Um, I spoke to you previously, but my my life motto, mate, is live. Think if we can give our time, which is our most valuable asset, I think. Um, it'll come back in leaps and bounds. So I'm pretty grateful that that time I did meet you, mate, I gave you some time and, and live my motto because it's um, obviously come around pretty well. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Now your your work and your mission is very much about, and look, it, it has been essentially more probably focused on men, I would say, but um, all humans really, but to, to stop and address the issues in their life that are holding them back from being their best. And, and your programs are designed to, to help, as I said, more so men overcome their struggles and start living a life of control where they can be at their best, both personally and professionally. What's driving you and what's motivating you to do that type of work? Uh, look, mate, I think um, what drives me is you look into the stats, mate, and six men take their life every day in Australia. And I think that that's something that, I've got a lot of male friends and I don't want one of my male friends to be one of them. Um, I've had mates that obviously have and taken their own life, but I'm pretty driven to partner up with people and meet great men, men like yourself and that to, to keep the word alive. I think um, I want to do whatever I can to bring that, bring that number down. Um, but I think the thing that drives me most, mate, is we're too reactive in, in, 
in our wellbeing. Um, we wait till it's um, worst case scenario before we finally act. And I think um, that's both physically and mentally. We get a lump on our back, mate, get that mole check, get that mole check. We don't, we don't, we don't. That mole's now become cancer and we finally act. And mm. we either get a tick and we get away from it and we're, we're all good or we get the worst case scenario and we don't come out the other side. And I, I sit there and I go, well, why not be proactive and give yourself the best chance to be the best version of yourself and you have that opportunity to actually stop, be present in the moment, do some reflection on who you are, what you are, where you want to go. Are you on the same path that you should be on? And, and then obviously make the adjustments if necessary. And I think, um, I just want to try to encourage men at the moment where we've got to, we're launching our women's program in a minute, but um, it's more about, I just want to encourage people to not wait till it's too late. Don't mm. think you're weak or not of importance or, you know, it's not going to happen to you. Like be proactive in, in all assets of your life. And um, yeah, that's what drives me, mate. I just sit there and go, I've seen too many good people, men and women that, have waited till it's too late to act and have gone through some tough times when if they'd just been a little bit proactive, you, uh, you don't know what could have happened. And, and I'm, obviously we're talking about um, death here, but, you know, domestic violence and um, fighting just your mates in general, um, abuse, you know, all of these things. And, and then not to mention other mental sort of health issues that we face today. But yeah, like I said, mate, I, I, I have a big belief that we're only as strong as our weakest link. And I think together we can really raise that weakest link. And, and that's what I want to try to do. Mm-hmm. Do you see the change happening? It's funny, mate. I, I got asked this question not long ago and it, it's, I don't know if it's because who I now surround myself with, um, but a lot of the people around me, I yourself and um, people I work with and my family and friends are, probably the same ilk. So you sort of sit there and go, yeah, the change is happening. But sometimes then you step back and go into the, the real world as, as um, some people say, and you get a rude awakening at times. I think the change is happening. I think the conversation is started, um, but it's, it's what now after the conversation. It's about doing the work now, isn't it? Exactly right. And that's what I'm trying to encourage people to do. And, um, all sorts and that's what my you know we'll talk about it later but that's what my program is about it's about do the work like actually you know we sit there physically we can see a six-pack we can see the muscles grow we can see all that but like i heard someone say at an event i was at is what's your six-pack in your brain you know and and that's the that's the big one i think um so yeah we will get to um a little bit around your your programs later on which i'm i'm looking forward to to talking about a little bit about you personally obviously you've had you know you've been in the 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 public light a little bit with your life obviously being a an elite athlete and and playing in the afl so it's a little bit different to just someone that's outside of that light and and people can make judgments on you and and people can you know see you uh you know walking around coals and if you had a shit game it's easy for them to throw you know negativity at you but now we've got all of that on social media as well so what's what's been some of your harder times like what what would you call your rock bottom moment in your life has it been linked to to anything professionally or is it is it completely separate what would you say your rock bottom moment has been yeah it's funny mate um you know footy has its pros and you are in the public eye and you are put on this sort of fake pedestal if, if i have to say so um but we are just like every other man, woman and everything else. And um, some of my rock bottoms, mate, some have been footy related um, because I, I know it's silly, but when you don't know if you're getting a contract, you break your arm and you, you don't know if you're going to be able to get back to perform to do what you do best to potentially get a contract. It doesn't sound like rock bottom when you talk about the scheme of things, but in the world that I was living right then, like, you sort of start to freak out. You start to go, what if, what not, you know? And um, so one year I broke my arm. It was late. I was out of contract. I decided to get a plate put in because I thought I could get back for a few last games and and show my worth. And unfortunately I got infected and it ended up being a, you know, I think a three to four month injury from just a broken arm. And, um, you know, I'm forever grateful that I think my, 
character and the person that I am probably kept me in the game for another year. Um, but at the stage, mate, the things that were going through my head and my wife had to really just pull me head into line a little bit. I was like, oh, I'm a failure. I'm, I'm not going to succeed. I'm, I failed us. So, you know, and you, you start to go down this self-doubt. And I know it sounds silly when you're sort of like, mate, you just broke an arm and you're, you know, why you're in that mindset. But that is my job. That's what I, that's what I live. That's my passion. That's what my purpose was in life at that age. And um, when all that gets sort of taken from you and you're unsure, you, you sort of, yeah, hit a stage where it can mentally hit you for six. And um, I was fortunate enough that I had really good people around me um, to help me get through that. I was fortunate enough that I was determined and dedicated enough to, and disciplined enough to do the hard work and show that the club I'd be okay and I'd come back from this. Um, and yeah, look, look, luckily I came out the other side, but you know, that's probably one of my footy ones, but my biggest probably rock bottom was when my two significant deaths in my family. Um, one was my grandmother. Um, she sort of raised me since I was probably six or seven when my parents split and um, she helped raise me with my dad. And, um, she was an absolute mentor to me. She gave me everything. She taught me everything. A very religious lady. Um, not that I'm a religious man, but a lot of the things that she taught me and instilled in me, I still carry to this day. And um, yeah, when she passed away, mate, it was not being able to be there and be present with family and friends and on the other side, because they're from Perth, obviously, on the other side of Australia, um, was really hard for me and really hard for me to do what I do from a day to day you know, go out and play footy and train and find that motivation. But um, my actual dad said, do what do what she'd want you to do, not what you think is right. And um, I know for a fact that she'd sort of want me to get back on the horse and dominate a game of footy and play well and, and be happy and all of that. And she'd be kicking it up above with the big fella, mate, and um, looking down and, um, you know, being proud. So I sort of was fortunate enough for that. And then... Just recently, another death, which is my best mate's mum, that probably hit me for six. That was probably a few months ago. And um, it sounds weird when you say best mate's mum, but she pretty much every Tuesday and every Friday, I'd go and stay at my best mates from the age of seven to about the age of probably 20. (laughs) And that's as honest as I can be. Um, She was like a mum to me. She was... um, I did so many things. I was welcome to the family, their family Christmases, everything with them. And... We used to do like a conversation once a week and um, that sort of blew out because I became too busy. Um, I'd miss her calls. I wouldn't get back to calling her back. And then when she passes away, you sort of go into this state of, I was, excuse my language, but I was a shit bloke. I, I, I let the world take over me and I became so busy that I didn't have the time to do a 30 minute phone call with a woman that means the world to me and I sit there and I um you know it brings tears to my eyes when I just think about it but I um I sit there and I go what's important to you Dennis like come on mate pull your head in and um yeah like like I said mate it it still affects me to this day and it's been a a good few months now mate but um I'm fortunate enough again that I'm proactive I do the work I talk to the people I need to talk to I do the work with myself I get away and um you know, not many people would sit here on a podcast with another man that's going live and say how they're actually feeling and that. And I sit there and go, well, you know what? It's me. I'm happy to cry in front of everyone. I'm happy to be sad in front of everyone. But they're probably three big rock bottoms for me, mate. And now, like I said, a lot of things have changed and there's other events in my life that have changed. And I'm also realistic that other people's rock bottoms are lower than mine and, and higher than mine and vice versa. And I think I, I don't want to play the comparison game. All I can do is play my game. Yeah. Mate, thanks for being so open and, you know, and, and sharing that. I really do appreciate it. And, you know, it gives us an insight into, you know, into your life and, and what you have been through. And I think a couple of things I was sort of thinking about while you're talking, although I was trying to listen as much as possible and not sort of preempt anything, but, Obviously, you know, something as traumatic as that, you know, is going to, to, to bring about certain feelings and emotions. And I kind of get the sense that for some people and, you know, everyone, and, and as you say, everyone's trauma or problems are, you know, you cannot compare them 
as a as a as a good mutual um, friend of ours, Matt Runnels would would say, um, you know, someone losing their pet goldfish, um, you know, might mean the world to them. Whereas a lot of people would laugh at that. So you cannot compare it. Um, but I get the sense, and I, I want to ask you this: unless people go through that huge amount of pain, do they kind of think they're, you know? not going to have mental health issues unless there's a, a massive trauma around. Do you think that's what sort of brings into this whole, you know, I'm fine and I'm, you know, I'm not having to deal with anything like that. Do you think that's got something to do with it? Um, I, I don't know, mate. I don't think we necessarily have to go through a huge trauma to face mental issues. Um, again, it's, it's a, it's an interesting topic. Um, you know, like you said, um, so many different things can affect so many people in different ways. You know, some people lose a job and that's their world over. Whereas some people get on the horse and go again and um, everyone is different. Um, what I think brings upon mental issues and um, is just not knowing who you are, where you are, what you want to do and where you want to be um, and just floating on through. And I think that's where people can then start to let stress and anxiety take over them a little bit. Um, mm. And like I said, I'm not here to say, mate, I'm not a trained psychologist. I'm not a trained, you know, anything like that. But my, my encouragement is to, it sounds selfish, but know who you are and do the work in yourself. Because ultimately, if you're at your best, those around you are getting you at your best. So they're getting the best. And ultimately, that becomes a ripple effect. And I sit there and go, too many of us, and this is going to sound rude, but are living our lives to please others that we sometimes forget ourselves. And I, we're so busy saying yes, 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 yes to things that aren't necessarily the best for us or aren't necessarily going to put us in the right position or aren't necessarily what we want to do. And ultimately then that stress and anxiety is brought on to please others that we don't need to necessarily do. Now, I'm not sitting there saying be selfish and just go into your own shell and not do anything for anyone, not at all. But what I am saying is sometimes you need to just stop a little bit and control your time and do the things that you want to do. And, and that's what frustrated me going back is I was so busy with work. I was so busy with local footy. I was so busy doing this that I couldn't find the 30 minutes to have a conversation with my best mate's mum. And I sit there and I go like, I'm not going to let that happen again. I'm not going to let that happen again. You know, the email will be there in half an hour. So that phone call might not be. So, you know, things like that is where, you know, I know where I made a few mistakes in that regard, but I'm, I acknowledge it and I just go, well, let's make the steps now to not let that happen and accept, grow and keep going. I think you make a really good point there. I remember back when I first started speaking and, and sharing my own story of addiction and, you know, the mental illness. And I did it from a place of, you know, really wanting to just motivate other people to to not feel like they're alone and to be able to put their hand up. But then when I would get people, you know, coming up to me or messaging me, I wasn't equipped because I hadn't done the work on myself to be in a good space mentally. So yep. yes, I was sharing, but then I was taking on all of these other issues and not being able to help them because I was more stressed if I, you know, hadn't got back to them or raising their, you know, stress levels and all this kind of thing. So I think the point you make about doing the work for yourself or do what, you know, works for you and work on your own recovery is extremely important. And it brings me into the next question. You know, you, you, your life motto is live to give. Um, you're, you're about, you are about helping people, but obviously you've had to put the work into yourself. Have you, have you always been, that way inclined um, where you're very self-aware or have you had some form of, of moment of, of power and change? And do you recall that at all? Yeah. Um, if I'm honest, mate, no, I, I haven't. I was a stubborn little <laughs> man. Um, you know, I was just, uh, I was going to say something else, but I had to change my words there. Um, I was a stubborn little prick. Um, I, I spent a, a lot of time set in my ways. I thought um, I was very fixed mindset. I was like, I've got to do it this way. This is the only way it can be done for me. Um, I don't want to listen to anyone else. This is my way. Um, and it was, it was probably funny, like um, in the AFL landscape, we do get a lot of things thrown at us, opportunities. Um, and I'd sit up the back, mate, and just sort of laugh and scoff and just go, yeah, righto, like, you know, I'm not going to do all this stuff. Like the only way I know, mate, is hard work, get out there 
be better than the opponents. You know, like that's all I knew in, in that sort of regard. And um, it was funny. It was probably, I probably started to sort of look at myself pretty good when I was sort of 16 and um, my grandmother sort of spoke to me a fair bit about like pull your head in a little bit. Like, um, you know, the more people you have around, the better you are. But some of the sort of rings pretty important to me was I um I got injured one year and you know I went to a hospital visit and you sort of sit there and it puts your life in a little bit of perspective and you you sort of go like here I am complaining about a hamstring injury for one or two weeks and um, yet there's kids at the age of two or three or four fighting for life parents um you know living out of a hospital ward and you sort of sit there and you go right oh this is bit of perspective and I started to sort of um I used to have a real pessimistic look on football um I remember always saying to myself oh, you know, I'm gonna get dropped or, or that guy's gonna get picked before me and what was funny is 100% of the time I was probably right um you know so I sort of sat there and I I remember sort of sitting in a room and we we're talking about growth mindset and the opportunity to to change the way you think a little bit. And um, yeah, it was probably this sort of in a lot of the community work that I did, it sort of changed me sort of to sort of start to think, nah, there is, listen to other ways, learn from other people, um, be it mentors or anything, but be it just everyday people because we can learn so much from one another. And it was probably, yeah, my mid to low twenties where I started to go righto, you know, it was probably halfway through my career I'll oh, probably, yeah, mid twenties. It was halfway through my career and I was, you know, I was just petering on the edge and I was, I was sitting there just like, I've got to change something because, you know, I'm getting eight or nine games a year and um, it's not all based on that, but I was always trying to change to please others and all of that. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to be the real me. I'm going to do what I can do, invest in myself and start, you know, learning from as many people as I could. And I was fortunate enough to go out to Odyssey House as a, as a guest and get a tour through Odyssey House. And um, just to see these guys and women that um, were so happy just to have a footballer there for starters, um, to be interested in them. And for those that don't know, Odyssey House is drug and alcohol addiction. And um, I was just really like passionate about these people are amazing people. And the world's put this stigma on them that because mm. of addiction, that they're suddenly these bad people and they can never change. And it sort of flashed back to me where I was like, well, that was my mindset a little bit. I was like, I know my way and it ain't going to change. And I sort of was like, nah, this is, this is an opportunity for, you know, for me internally to change my way. And um, because I saw it externally and, uh, and I just started to realize, and I've had addiction through family and friends and um, that amazing people and I sit there and go, they can go on and do amazing things. And unless you get to know that person and who it is and why they are in the situation they are, and you can't really judge them. And I think that's the, the sad thing. And, and that was where I sort of worked with my mental game. And I was like, well, unless I know where I am and who I am really, and I mean, really know who I am, who am I to judge who I am what I do? So I started to start to invest in growth mindset, learning opportunities, picking people's brain and, from there, mate, one thing led to another and, you know, gratitude was massive for me that I sort of got through my grandmother. Um, but also being happy with, you know, what are you happy with and what do you actually want in life? Things started to change for me there and then onwards and upwards. And I'm now like, yeah, I still was probably a little bit in my shell with it all until probably the last three to four years, mate, where I thought, well, stuff it. I am who I am. If you don't like me, you don't like me. If you do, you do. And, um, I'm going to try to change the numbers of the world, even if it's just one person at a time. And I think that's, that's all I can do. Yeah. Brilliant work, man. And I know, I know it's, I know it can be hard and and this is just, you know, the mindset coming out, but it is about being able to, to really develop that growth mindset, I think is, is a really valuable tool because from a young age, we can be told that we're not good enough or we can't do this or, you know, we can't do that. And you know, the more that we convince ourselves, that does become our story. So it's very, very crucial that we can change that. You mentioned, you mentioned, um, you know, we've well, mentioned a few times now about how important gratitude is for you. I'd like to, I mean, and you know, we're in, 
I'd, I'd say different times because we're now sort of experiencing something that is is certainly not the normal, which I actually look at from a perspective of this is a massive moment of of reflection and and chance to be able to reflect on what is important to us. Talk us through what, well, maybe what was your daily routine um, and whether that's changed and how you can sort of keep up um, with that routine to kind of be the best version of yourself um, during what is the new normal, I will call it. Yeah. Um, look, my, my daily routine, I'm pretty um, anal when it comes to things. Um, I used to love to get up at a certain time, um, which if, if you want to go through the full detail, mate, I try to get up at 5.30, try to get to the gym, um, do my gym workout, come home, have a shower, have my breakfast, which always consists of Weet-Bix. Um, then get off to the office, mate, um, work hard for me day and then either come home and prepare dinner or depending on where I was, it was either local football. But routine was very, I'm a very structured person. I come from an AFL land where, you know what, if I looked in my calendar now, I could almost tell you what I was doing on December 1st, you know, like I knew where I was and what I had to do and the requirements. And it's something that I'm grateful for that AFL built that into my my land like I um I live by a calendar a little bit um I, I love to sort of just know where I'm at what I'm doing uh, of course I've got blanks uh, that's okay you know but um yeah just to have a plan because I feel like once you've written it once it's in its position you sort of keep to it a little bit more um if I know that I've written in my calendar at 6 30 tonight I'm going to the gym like it feels like it's of importance and it is important to me not just physically but mentally um come fast forward to where we are today um yeah things have changed a little bit mate i um i currently sit here in in my house um chatting to you whereas i'd probably be in an office or something of some sorts or if if you could possibly do it face to face but unfortunately that can't be done um routines if i'm honest mate with you has been thrown out the window a little bit um i i sleeping a little bit longer now at the moment because well my gym's at home and it's body weight because I don't have to travel to it I you know I don't have to travel 45 minutes to get to the work office so I've gained 45 minutes there so I have um, probably become a little bit out of routine and it probably wasn't yesterday the day before where I sort of pulled my head in a little bit and just sort of had a I went for a walk with my dog and just sort of had to reflect on how am I going? I'm still being proactive. I'm still being productive. I'm still doing what I have to do, but I'm probably not eating at the right times. You know, foods, I'm picking the food all the time. And I just sort of, um, so I went back to my calendar and because you can get away from it because you're not as in front face to face and all of that thing. So I've gone back to my calendar and structured my day again. And um, just for my mental well-being, because I felt like I was starting to get a little bit scattered and a little bit away with the fairies a little bit and um, just wanted to bring narrow my focus back in so yeah I think it's important for me mate just to you know this morning I got up at, at six not 5 30 because I don't have to travel uh, I did a bit of a body weight workout outside um, and then had me breakfast at the normal time and sort of just started everything as a normal day would do you find that being routine driven and, and being real well, yeah, being routine driven. Do you find that if you if you don't tick those boxes or if you're not doing the things, are you then hard on yourself because of it? Yeah, look, mate, and like I said, it's it's what works for me. Um, some people are totally different, and I I get that. But for me, mate, I'll have little wins or little significant moments in my in my day to day life, um, and I feel like if I don't have a routine or a something written what I can tick off and say, yes, I did that. I, I feel insignificant. I feel like I didn't, um, I didn't add value to the day or add value to something bigger than myself. And so for me, mate, I like to have that significance or contribution sort of box checked. You know, having room in life, um, I can do that, you know, this, um, you know, it, it sounds silly. Like sometimes people think significance or contribution has to be some great gesture or something like that. But for me, mate, it could be actually just getting back to an email on time, or it could be just literally ringing a bloke back when you say you'll ring a bloke back. Um, 
you know, like that, that's as simple as it has to be. But I think if I have in my calendar, like call Luke back, like when I see that I do it and I feel like, yes, I've done what I'm meant to do. Whereas if you sort of just, for me anyway, if I don't have that routine, I can sort of go, yeah, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. And then ultimately I'm sending Luke a text or something saying, Hey mate, sorry, I didn't call you back. I'll call you tomorrow. And then things just get carried away. And then all of a sudden you don't even call Luke. So I sit there and go like, they're the things that mean value to me to be able to just tick my box of significance and tick my box of contribution. And um, we have a tool in our program called the like golf shot theory. And um, it's, it's interesting when all those that play golf would know that you can go out there, hit a hundred, hundred plus, and you still come in afterwards, talk to your mates and all you remember is your good shot, your good drive, your good putt, your good chip or your mate's good chip, you always just remember the good ones. And they're the things that drag you back to the golf course for the next time. And I sit there and in life, when we get to the end of the day, we sit there and we focus on the missed email, the missed meeting, the KPI that we didn't reach or the person we let down. And I sort of try to live now my life like, well, what's the one good golf shot from today? Um, it could be just a phone call. It could be just this, this podcast with you, you know, like, um, and I sit there and go, that's what's going to drag me back tomorrow. So why not start to focus on that? Because if, if I keep focusing on the negative, well, why would I be energized and ready to go again tomorrow? Because I'm, I'm not positive about what's ahead. So that's what I try to do to flick my mindset into a different gear. Yeah, brilliant, mate. And I think that's a, it's a good point as well. I think about my morning, I got a little bit disappointed because I didn't get up at six this morning. Um, it was 6.30, but I didn't get up at six and do my breath work, which I will do later. But instead, I spent about an hour and a half and I got fully into it doing a, a puzzle with my partner and her six-year-old son. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's that that you remember and, and you know, it Though, though, that way of thinking, I think that you're, you're talking about, really gets you to reflect on well, what is making me happy as well. Yeah. And I think, mate, the thing too, like, and just going on what you sort of said, like, yeah, okay, you didn't get the breath work done, but you've been able to give yourself the opportunity to stop and reflect and go, but you know what? I got this done. Or, you know what? At this, at this current point in time, doing the puzzle with my partner and a kid is, is more important. And I got a lot out of that. And I know the breath work will come. And, I think unless you know who you are, what you are and what you're trying to achieve, like a lot of people might freak out that they've missed that breath work. You know what I mean? But it's like, well, what is important and what is a value? And I just don't think enough of us give ourselves the opportunity to slow down and, and be present and just take a breath and, and go from there. And I just want to go back as well to, um, because obviously there's, you know, sport isn't happening right now and it's a big, big, big factor for a lot of people around the world. And it's, a, I guess, a two-part question. One, going from having that routine, being involved at an AFL club to then not being involved at, at a full-time, you know, playing, how much did that impact your life? And then I guess part B of that question to, you know, State League, Amateur League, who, you know, love the, I guess, the social aspect, the physical aspect and, and the actual connection of a footy club, how much of an impact does that have on people's lives and, and what can we essentially do to, to, to help that? Yeah, mate, good question. Um, well, part A, I'll answer the first part. It, it hit me for six, if I'm honest. Um, more for the fact that I had 46 blokes day in, day out that I can see good mates all on the same sort of path to achieve the same thing. Um, you were, it was sort of like a dream over. It was sort of like, um, yeah, like what am I now? You know, like I've been known as a sports person my whole life. When I was a little kid, I was the quick kid, you know, oh, you're the one that's quick at sprints. You're the one, oh, now you're good at rugby. Now you're good at football. Now you're the AFL footballer and always had a title. And now, when I left footy, I was like, what's my title? Um, and it rattled me for a little AFL bit. AFL player. Yeah, you know, washed <laughs> up hack. Um, but um, I sort of sit there and go, it was funny. I was talking to my boss and um, he sort of said, Dennis, you're so much more than just that. You're, you know, you're a husband, you're a son, you're a mate. You know, there's so many more. You're a mentor, you know. you're." And I started to sort of realise that so many people live their life by the title on their business card. 
And it's like that title on their business card is what they strive for so much. And they sometimes forget about everything else that they are. And um, that was me. And I'd be the first to admit it. I was so worried about having Dennis Armfield AFL footballer or, you know, some sort of sports title against my name that when I lost that, I was like, hang on a minute, who the hell am I? And um, it was something that was pretty tough, but I, I sort of had some good strategies in place and fortunate enough to be the mindset that I am that I can work out of that. Um, going back to going to where we are today with local football, I'm still involved with local footy. And to me, mate, the community and being in, involved in community is, is massive. Um, I don't play local football because I still want to get out there and have 30 touches. I don't, I don't probably play local football for the game anymore. I play local football because Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I get to go out with and hang around some good mates. I meet lots of local people, parents, families, sponsors. Um, and I just get a sense of belonging to something that's bigger than, than me. And um, all of a sudden, you know that it's not at the moment and it's sort of like where do I belong now you know um I know our football club's doing some great work via socials we have you know we have zoom chats with 60 blokes on it it's near impossible it, it's 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 hectic and um you know but it just gives you that sense of belonging and um it's it's something that I think is, is going to be tough for a lot of us um and I'm not just, you know, there's a lot of art and creative stuff, you know, comedians are stopped, theatre's stopped, all of it's stopped. And, you know, we all belong to something and we all want to belong to something. And a lot of those things have stopped, but sit there and go, it's also a good opportunity to go, okay, cool. We're in, we're in a bit of a crisis, but it's an opportunity to go, well, when we do come out of it, where do I want to sit and where do I want to go? And, um, and that's what, we're trying to encourage our players to do is like, look at the bigger picture, look at where you are, what you're doing, try to stay social connected. You know, I've had more FaceTime phone calls in this two week period, two month period than I have in the two, three, four years prior, you know, um, everything was text, everything was that. And now all of a sudden we create that facial recognition that I want to see someone when they smile. I want to see someone when they, you know, whereas, in the busyness of the world beforehand, we we're like, oh, here's a 20 second text message, you know? And um, so I'm, I'm sort of grateful for it as well because it's now, you know, like I ring my mates now all by FaceTime. And it's like, I never would have done that. And I sit there and go, but now I sit there and go, well, I don't care if I look ugly or I've just got out of bed or whatnot, you know what I mean? Or if they're on the tool or whatever it is, it's just the ability to go, how you going, mate? You know? And so I think it's, it's, it's a tough time. Um, and, and like I said, it's, it's not just there's a lot of other communities out there that um, a lot of people belong to, but I think it's a great opportunity to realise what, you know, it's, all jokes aside, but we don't realise what we have until it's gone. And, you, you know, you look at the toilet paper issue, like, mate, I'm 33, I've never had to worry about dunning or paper once in my life. Not once, you know, I just, it, it's there on a roll and I pull on it, you know, like, um, but when it's gone, you suddenly go into freak out mode and I, I sit there and go, it's a real great opportunity just to readjust what's important to you. Absolutely. I think that's a good lead in. Um, I'm just going to play the, the video for your isolation reboot program and we'll come back and have a little bit of a chat about the program if that's all right. Yeah, no worries, mate. What a crazy place we find ourselves in right now. Shops being emptied of food and toilet paper. Football games were being played in front of an empty crowd are now totally canceled. States in lockdown, jobs and businesses on the brink of collapse and so many millions of people around the world worried, not knowing what to do next. We've heard the statement repeated over and over on our televisions and on our radios. We are currently in unprecedented times and we are. So what do we do when we've never been here before? And how do we respond to things that we've never faced? In the midst of chaos, for some in complete isolation, loss and devastation, there is an opportunity. Leadership of self, leadership of our families, our friends, our community right now is one of the most important things. The decisions we make, the choices we pick for ourselves and the path we move down from here will determine a lot of what our future may become. Individuals, families are so unsure about the future. 
Well, the purpose of this Isolation Reboot program is to help all of us self-discover what our best next move is. It prepares us to think a certain way and hopefully respond with wisdom. For many of us, the opportunity to draw a line in the sand to start over is perfect. For others, this is the wake up call we needed to change the way we've been living our lives. Our hope is that in this isolation period we currently find ourselves, you will learn a lot about yourself, the way you think and who you wanna be. So with the isolation reboot program, and I'll, I'll mention, look, I I started, um, I only started the program a couple of days ago, but what I implemented straight away was the the gratitude letters, and I, I try to practice gratitude. I use a journal, um, but what I found from the program was something pretty cool. Like I, I got the gratitude letters out, I I printed out three. In our household, there's only two people. There's my partner and then her six-year-old, but I also wrote one out for our French bulldog as well. Um, so I, I, I took the letter out and I, I reckon the French bulldog probably took it the best because he absolutely loved it. <laughs> um, but it was, it was really, really good um, to be able to sit down and, and write that out, but also for both my partner and her son to be able to see that and, and or to hear it. Because one thing that I think about gratitude is... Yes, it's easy to say thank you, but sometimes we don't say thank you for or thank you because or this is why I love you or I love you because of this. Um, and it's something that I, I think is really, really valuable. But so that that's something that I've taken away from the program straight away. And I think it's an amazing program. But what what made you create the program and and how do you think it can help people? Obviously, we're in um, some difficult times at the moment and a lot of people are un, unsure of what's actually happening, um, myself included. And um, a lot of our programs are uh, online programs for that reason because we want to be able to gift everyone the opportunity to invest in themselves. Um, you know, rural people, people that are on the go, people that are on the run. And we sort of sat here and we sort of thought, well, Right now is a great opportunity for people to, we've been forced to slow down. We've been forced to um, be present. We've been forced to look at what actually matters in our life. And we've been forced to make some changes that might not necessarily be the ones that we wanted to make. But, and we sort of just um, thought this is a great opportunity for people to find the, you know, silver lining in a storm, you know, like to, to take the time to, you know, stop and reflect and how can you see an opportunity in this, in this time? And, um, you know, you look at the world, you know, things have been emptied, football stadiums that were being played are now fully cancelled, you know, and I just sit there and I go, this is a great opportunity to help people to invest in themselves and, and start like looking for that personal growth. And what we did, mate, was we thought, well, we don't want to do it as a money grab. We don't want to do it as, as that. We want to do it from the heart and where it means most. And yeah, we've created just a 14 day cause that was the idea of isolation. We, you'd be locked away for 14 days. Um, sort of this program that you spend on seven topics, two days per topic, pretty much the first day is learning and, and learning and growing and reading and that. And then the second day is putting an action plan in place for that. And, um, yeah, for $9.70, mate, we just thought, well, people just have a crack and it could start, could open things up and, you know, you could gain one tool from it. And for $9.70, that's two coffees, mate. Like I sit there and go, if you're not willing to invest in yourself, just that, um, to, to gain something in your own personal growth i think could not are. agree more mate could not agree more and when you're talking about there's topics in there gratitude finding strengths growth mindset which we've spoken about mindfulness purpose values social connection relationships op like there's there's so much in there and i must admit i've for the past probably three years i've been looking to put together a program of my own with pretty much all of those and i probably would have tried to sell it for maybe 500 bucks <laughs> so you have an amazing program like it is amazing 
absolutely amazing. I'm not just saying that. It is fantastic and it's $9.70. Absolutely incredible. Oh, mate, and I think that's the, the thing for us, mate, is if we're honest, mate, if we were in a different time, we probably would have a different price point. You know, this probably tool goes for about 350 you know, and it's not about the money for us, though. It's about the opportunity that, you know, like I'm passionate about, you know, the reason why our business in Business Fire Club does what it does is because if you're healthy, you go home to a family happy and healthy, which usually means they become happy and healthy, which usually means you're engaged in the community a little bit more. So the community's happy and healthy and people are getting around each other. And ultimately, then the economy keeps ticking along. You know, and I sit there and go like, so you're winning in all four areas of life. And I, I go like, but all of a sudden, so many of us are too time poor that we, we go home stressed. Our family's now stressed. We don't go in the community and economy just goes to, goes to crap, mate. And I sit there and go like, yeah, I don't want to see I don't want to see anyone take their own life. You know, I don't want to see anyone in a world of hurt. And this is going to hit a lot of people, you know, a lot of people's lives financially. You know, we've spoken about the, the coronavirus and we've spoken about the economic virus, you know, but what about the mental virus? And, and that's where I was like, well, I can't ask people in, in times of crisis to pay $350, $500, $1,000 for a program. You know, it's just not, it doesn't sit well with me. But I can ask them to pay $9.70 because I think, well, then at least you've got some skin in the game and you've spent $9.70 and it sort of keeps you accountable. Because if you give things for free, I think it doesn't keep people accountable. And I think it just makes people less grateful. And one of the very first things is gratitude, you know. And I think by making that investment in yourself, like, like I said, I'm guaranteed everyone will get something out of it. And for $9.70, like, just don't buy two coffees, mate. <laughs> I could not agree more, mate. I, I really couldn't. And it's a perfect opportunity from seeing it firsthand to, for people to be able to, you know, step back, reflect to, to you know, go into their own personal life and, and find things that they are grateful for, find opportunity in the silver lining. And, you know, I, I, I really do mean it. I absolutely love it. And I think, you know, anyone listening, uh, check it out, give it a go, send it to a mate and even um, have accountability with them and do it together. Um, I think it's absolutely incredible. So yeah, really love you sharing that with us, mate. And and um, I hope a lot of people um, take advantage um, of the amazing price point that you have on it. No, I appreciate that, mate. And like I said, the, the encouragement, mate, is just for all of us to to find a better version of ourselves it's um the education that we try to teach mate is it's not about being the best it's not about being better than the person next to you it's about you being your best and if you can go to bed at night and wake up in the morning knowing that you've just done that like i, I sit there and go whether it's our program someone else's program but you know you've got to be able to to be able to invest in yourself and give yourself the time to stop and reflect and adjust you know i'm going through the program as you can probably see by a lot of my selfie videos and that that i'm doing and you know like even for a person that's helped do the program i'm still learning something every day you know i'm still getting something out of it where i go hang on a minute like i missed or i can do that you know it's amazing how many times like and and it'll happen when we get off this podcast but usually mate i'll get off this podcast go cheers mate thanks for coming see you later and that's it but i've been conscious of anyone that's sort of helped me, talked to me, spoke to me, had a good, meaningful conversation. Right afterwards, I follow up with that, mate, I'm so thankful because I am so thankful. I I get to be in a chat with yourself, whether anyone takes away anything, anything sells, anything grows, whatever, it doesn't bother me. What does bother me is the fact that I'm going to talk about my story you're, and you're helping me by learning things from your story and I come away from this podcast a better person and I'm forever grateful for that. Beautiful, mate. And I, I highly encourage anyone to, to go and check out. So businessfightclub.co. So that's once again, businessfightclub.co to check out all of Dennis's programs. Mate, I, I really appreciate you taking the time and I am truly thankful for you jumping on. What would be a great way for people to connect with you personally and, and see some of those lives that you are doing and also sharing more of your story? What's a great way for people to connect? And I know we've already spoken about a lot, but is there any final message you would like to leave the listeners with? Um, oh, look, to find me, mate, like I'm a pretty, it's, it sounds weird, mate. I'm doing my first ever selfie videos and I feel really weird doing it. I'm a pretty private person. 
for supper. Once you get me in a room or get me in a podcast, my pretty honest. But I think to find me Instagram um, is probably the the easiest way. Everyone's on it these days um, at D Armfield twenty seven. So still attached to that twenty seven. Can't quite wipe that yet. <laughs> um, so I think it's a great opportunity for us all to to slow down, reassess where we were, where we are and where we want to go. And I think it's a great opportunity to, for us to dig deep in ourselves, invest in ourselves, but ultimately fight to, to be the best we can be. And I think we so often forget the little things, the little things in our life that we just take for granted day to day. Um, so busy trying to climb the corporate ladder, so busy trying to earn an extra dollar that we don't really care at whose expense. And to me, it's a great opportunity to reach out to a loved one, reach out to a mate, reach out to a complete stranger if you want to, and just see how they're going. And we're all getting affected by this crisis. I don't think any one of us isn't going to be affected in some shape or form. And I think my, you know, you talk about footy and right now we're not playing footy and we're not, winning flags and we're not winning games but right now my premiership is that everyone in my community comes back ready to attack the world when we do get back into reality and I think that's what I want for people and I think ultimately mate I just want love and community love and community and let's keep fighting for one another so like I said I really appreciate today mate I um I take a lot out of these conversations because it just gets you to think and it gets me to focus not only on myself but on others around me and you know I'm um, I'm forever grateful for the time that you've given me mate and the opportunity and um, yeah like I said if there's ever anything any any time you need me mate I'm always here for you love your work mate appreciate it thank you mate thank you massive massive thank you to Dennis for joining me on today's episode you can connect with him via his Instagram at darmfield27 that's darmfield27 and also check out businessfightclub.co to check out his programs and in particular the isolation reboot 14 day program we spoke about and get it for only $9.70 or as Dennis explains two cups of coffee Look, the key takeaway I took from this interview was if you're not willing to invest in yourself, then don't expect the result. For me, I realized that I need to be working on myself every single day to be the best person I can be to the people that matter to me and also to the broader community. Put the work in, invest in yourself, invest in being the best version of yourself possible. Don't expect the results without it. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To keep up to date with the show, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram. But to get the new episodes that drop twice a week direct to your favorite podcast app, doesn't matter what it is, make sure you subscribe. And hey, if you love what you hear, then please rate and review us. We would be so grateful. See you on the next episode. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and take the power back.